everybody. Welcome back to Kitty Liquor. That's L-I-Q-U-O-R. Don't get it twisted. You may hear my rooster in the background crowing. Um, he's been going wild all day. I think it's those hens he's got. You know, they're, I don't know, having a party or something. <laughs> I have my window wide open. It's hot. Can you hear that? You probably can't. It's hot again, but not as hot as it was. Not 40 degrees. More like 30 maybe 28. So it, it helps. So this is episode number 13. I was going to skip to 14 because I don't want bad luck. Actually, that's bullshit. I think that that whole thing is BS. <laughs> I love how like there's no 13th floor in hotels and things like that. But there is it's just they just don't name it that. <laughs> when I was younger, I was like, there's no 13th floor. What's there? <laughs> or maybe there is one, but they just store things there. I don't know. The last two episodes I started with some mixology. No, I haven't had a drink already. I just can't talk in general. Um, and we're going to just invent a cocktail. I have had lots of suggestions from you guys via email and comments for drinks to make. But today I'm just going to kind of wing it. I, I'm inspired by I was out for lunch the other day uh, with my sister and we ordered the special cocktail and it was beautiful. It was stunning. <laughs> it was right up my alley. And I was like, what is this? And in fact, I didn't even have to buy it. I had it already in my wine closet, alcohol closet, Empress Gin. So as I mentioned, my sister was up and this was full. <laughs> well, we won't get into that. Uh, so I've got some Empress Gin here. Um, I've got some grapefruit juice, Ruby Red. Sorry, knock the mic. Ruby red grapefruit juice, some lime juice, some soda water, and we're just going to make a pretty cocktail. That's just what we do here. I think what I'm going to do is leave everything over here and grab it as I need it. So I'm using a white wine glass for this cocktail. And should I make it on the stand? I feel like that's risky, but that's what life's all about. It's taking risks. All right. So the first thing I'm going to do is I know the last thing that I'm going to add is the Empress Gin. So as you can see, it's this gorgeous purpley blue color. And it's funny because um, the Kitty Elixir, my original Kitty Elixir had like it's sort of partly this color and this would have saved me a lot of trouble <laughs> if I just would have used Empress Gin. Okay. So this is going to be last. First thing I'm going to do is add some ice to the glass a bit of melted water, but that's okay. We need to stay hydrated. Then I'm going to add, should I add soda water first? Soda water first or, cause no, I think soda water first. No, cause I don't want to get rid of the bubbles. Let me shake this first. This is not fresh squeezed. This is ocean spray. Okay, about, I don't know how many, I'll leave the recipe down below but essentially you'll get the idea. And it's not a lot of ingredients, so you could probably just remember it. Club soda, okay, my sister bought club soda. I never buy club soda, I just buy sparkling water. Do you know that club soda, it has 20%, or sorry, 20 milligrams of sodium. Why? I don't know. Ingredients, carbonated water, potassium bicarbonate, potassium citrate. Yes, I am recording. <laughs> uh, and just FYI. I mean, you can do like 50-50, just depending on what you like sugar wise you know i'm just gonna add a little bit of lime juice a little what does this remind you of a mason jar <laughs> we're gonna add a mason jar full of vodka no gin a miniature shot glass or sorry a miniature mason jar shot glass how many ounces is this i don't know but we're gonna fill her up it smells lovely and to be honest I have been known to sip gin all night out of a shot glass because you know sticking to one thing is Usually a good idea if you're going to drink all night. Let's see what happens. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's so pretty. This makes my nipples hard. <laughs> this is so beautiful. Okay, does this not... Here, wait, let me turn it so that ice is not in. Does this not remind you of a sunset at the very last moment before the sun goes down behind the... No, the sun is already down and... The night sky is following it. And the ice is like the clouds. <laughs> anyway, I guess, I'm not sure exactly why it floats so well. Alcohol, I guess, is less, it's lighter. It's like oil. Maybe not. <laughs> but this is such a pretty, pretty drink. And of course, you could have any color on the bottom. So I think this would be really cool with some like green, some sort of lime, lime green color below. But these colors together are also beautiful. Now, do I want to ruin it with a cocktail accessory? <laughs> 
Let's figure out which color would look the best. Orange, yellow, pink, blue. Okay, no to green. I do kind of appreciate the blue though. Orange, do we want orange or blue? We're gonna go with orange and I might've used orange last time, I can't remember, so no, orange. My little flamingo is actually like just sitting on the water and I don't know if the stand is really doing much for the drink. So of course, in order to drink this cocktail properly, I have to mix it, but I don't want to because I know if I take a sip, I'm just gonna get pure alcohol and it's gonna hit me way harder and this podcast is gonna get crazy, but I have to do it. So now here's the moment of truth. Now it looks like dirt water. Now I'm drinking dirt water. <laughs> I went from a beautiful late sunset to dirt water. That's all right. I bet it tastes amazing. Kind of already do know that it does, but. Mm. Mm -mm. You guys got to try it. Empress Gin is very smooth and lovely. And where is it made? Proudly produced in Canada. High five to that. Crafted in collaboration with the iconic Empress Hotel in Victoria. I didn't know that. I've been there. I had high tea there. Empress 1908 Gin uses delicate butterfly pea blossoms to create its jewel tone and superior balance. Add tonic or citrus and watch the spirit transform. Did it transform? Because citrus, that would be considered... That would be grapefruit. What was supposed to happen? Well, it transformed my drink into something beautiful, so that's all I know. All right, I'm just going to zoom you guys back in so we can get on with the podcast. All right. So let me just tell you about my weekend. Um, so my sister came up, and we had a ton of fun, and we decided to kind of do a last-minute trip, do, <laughs> take a last-minute trip to the Okanagan. And uh, it's funny, we actually went the day of or the day after the anniversary of our helicopter incident that happened exactly one year ago, July 2nd. And uh, <laughs> and it was like right in the same area. It was just funny that we were in the same place at the same time. Anyway, so uh, we we took a last minute trip to Kelowna and we had so much fun. Okay, this is going to be really hard for me to describe because I don't really spend a lot of time in the Okanagan. I've been there many times, but like to visit family, friends, and to go on wine tours. <laughs> uh, so this is the first time we had friends that have uh, a new like wake boat for wakeboarding and just all sorts of fun stuff. And they invited us to come up for the day. Uh, and we did just that. They took us to a place called the Tiki Bar. I don't know. I In my mind, I just had this idea that it was like, it's part of a resort there. Like it's basically right on the beach at this resort. And I guess I was imagining something different. So as we get closer, I see that there is a full-blown like marina in front of this Tiki Bar. And people just go up and they have a drink and have a good time. It was huge. The boats were freaking like there must have been a hundred boats there. It was wild and nothing but extremely attractive people. And I don't know where these people are from, where they came from, if they're staying at the resort, if they came on the boats. Are they locals? I wasn't about to go and start asking everybody. But the vibe there was so, I don't know how I want to describe it, like something you see on like Miami Beach. <laughs> I've never been to Miami Beach, but uh, the fantasy and like in the movies where everybody's like attractive and it's just really insane. So my sister and I, we start to, and, my, and the friends that we're with, go to get drinks at the tiki bar and if ahead of us are these two supermodel guys i have to be honest like i don't find those kind of guys really attractive like really beefed up extremely attractive guys don't really do it for me i guess because their their complex is a little unattractive <laughs> they know they're attractive <laughs> They damn near put makeup on their face. It's totally cool. That's their vibe. That's what they do. I think they're just whole shtick is picking up chicks. <laughs> maybe they're doctors. Maybe they're lawyers. I don't know. But anyway, so, but they think they're, they're shit hot, right? They think that they're, and they know it. And you know what? Confidence is attractive too. And there's nothing wrong with that. But ahead of us, they were waiting for their drinks. They got their drinks. But then the bartender girls who were also stunning were like, wait, 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 we'll get you some free shots. And of course, these guys know there's a lineup behind them. And we're like waiting and sweating because it's four 
40 degrees. And the, but it's taking forever. So of course, the guys ahead of us are like, they were actually kind of nice. They were, they were saying, oh, you know, sorry, we're just waiting here for our free shots. They were not going to pass them up for anything. <laughs> so my sister and I and our friends were like, okay, just waiting, waiting. So these guys ahead of us decided to turn around and start talking. And, and they started talking about how like one of them had a little slight black eye and how he doesn't feel like he looks as good anymore because he's got this like black eye. And I was like, no, no, chicks like that. Like if it looks like you're a bit of a brawler and you're tough and you actually put those muscles to use, then that's attractive, right? Not just looking in the gym in the mirror like this. And then they want to start conversation and then they think that they're all like, these guys can get any chicks that they want in their heads. <laughs> a lot of us see right past it. And of course, I don't know the age of these guys either. Like they were clearly younger than me and, and my sister and I, maybe not my friend. She's not as old as us, but oh my God. It was so funny. And so I kind of jokingly said that my friend was my wife and that I'm a lesbian and that I don't, I'm not attracted to them because I truly wasn't attracted to them, but I don't think that that they would have quit. <laughs> they would have quit if they did, if they thought I was straight. And uh, so I was like, oh, my wife is really not going to, you know, appreciate that. And, and then she came up and somehow she knew that I had pulled that. She was like, baby, what's taking so long? And then I was like, oh, you know, these guys are waiting for shots. And <laughs> it was pretty cute. But anyway, we had a really, really good time. So then suddenly, like we're about to leave. We were leaving and then we're kind of on the boat and then, you know, just just kind of socializing and talking to people. And suddenly there's like three people that I don't know on the boat and they don't know. They have never met them before either. <laughs> so we're like, what? And the boat was pretty big. Like I think it, you could have 20 people on the boat but anyway so so these people come on the boat two girls and a guy supermodel of course and uh and I was like what's going on and then um our friends are like oh their boats left because they like the other boats thought that these people would have a ride with the other boat anyway it, it was a mix-up they need to ride back so we were like okay that's cool but like we weren't really planning on going back at that point which was a long way back um we were planning on wakeboarding but I thought, okay, whatever, Canadians, we're going to help out our fellow Canadians, you know. So as we're, <laughs> as we're heading back, the boats that they were supposed to be on are loaded with people on either side of us. So like there's people on this side and that side. We're all dancing on the boats because everybody's got like an insane speaker system. And I can't remember if like the, the songs synced up with each other. Like, could you imagine if we were all connected to the same? And it, cause you're, the music on your own boat is so loud that you can't hear other people's boat music. But I was like, oh yeah, we're all <laughs> dancing off beat to each other. Cause one song's playing over there, one song's playing over there. And we're just like, but we were all just having a blast, dancing, cruising. And then I was like, let's just start like wakeboarding. And, but it wasn't, would have been the safe, safest thing. Cause like, you know, boats around and whatever. So then we decided to take a, a drink break or something. And suddenly the three boats that we were in were tied together. Now there's like 50 people <laughs> on a little island. And we, it was literally like a scene from a movie. Like I said, I, I would have taken footage to show you, but I can't like obviously privacy rights and stuff like that. But oh my God, it was so fun. And then more boats came and then there's a pontoon boat. And I think that there was probably seven boats together towards the end of the night because we, we stayed on that boat till one in the morning. <laughs> and so, okay. One thing is, I don't know if this is something that people do all the time, but it was fun. The only thing is, of course, is falling in between the boats is a bad thing. No, nothing happened, but you know, people are having a good time and they're going from boat to boat. And I was like, kept thinking like, oh my goodness, what if somebody falls <laughs> in between the boats? Cause uh, you know, there's a bit of like a a tide or not a tide, but like the water is moving and the boats are kind of like, you know, every boat has a couple buoys in between or whatever those things are called, you know, like the tubey thingies that keep the boats from hitting the edge <laughs> anyway. And uh, so that was our weekend. And it was, like I said, a really fun experience. It was definitely worth like a last minute trip to K-Town. And I hope that we can do it again. I did not wind up getting to wake surf though because like I said plans changed but it was still it was probably more fun than wiping out wake surfing <laughs> I've never tried it I've seen people do it it looks so rad and I'm excited to try it I definitely want to go for it again that was pretty much the extent of it like like I said we went down for one night and then went back home the next day but yeah it was super fun I kind of wish I had a straw so did the like paper straw movement 
die off or is it still in full force? Because now play, like restaurants that I go to now, they, they're back to serving plastic straws. I heard that the whole Save the Turtles movement was kind of BS, that straws really don't cause as much catastrophic disaster to turtles that we thought it did or something. It just became some movement. Wax straws. Let's try that or coat them in wax or something so that they don't dissolve into nothing. <laughs> Halfway through your drink, not even like a quarter of the way through your drink. I have a bunch of stuff coming. I think I mentioned that before. Some cocktail mixology kind of fun stuff. Uh, just more accessories to make the drink look pretty. Because I appreciate a pretty drink, if you hadn't noticed. What makes cocktails fun is just jazzing them up a little bit, right? I think it's awesome and aesthetically pleasing. Fun for you guys, fun for me and... Yeah. Oh, and I got my nails done. <laughs> no more yellow and blue. I was going to do two other colors again. And I thought, ah, maybe the next set. Okay, guys, I want you to pick a number between one and 10. Don't say it out loud. I don't want to hear it. Just pick a number. You picked the number seven, didn't you? No, I'm not a magician. Everybody picks the number seven. I just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> uh, maybe not all of you, but same with if you ask somebody their favorite number, seven. It's so common. I don't know what it is, why. It's an odd number. It's also kind of towards the end. It's easy to draw and write. Just thought that I would shock you for a second if you did pick the number seven. <laughs> That's it. That's all that was. So I wanted to talk about like things we were into as kids, shows we were into as kids. I was obsessed with the X-Files. And I swear, like when I say obsessed, I carved a pumpkin with the face of, was it Scully or Mulder? Well, Mulder was my favorite, but I think, I don't know. They were both equally, I, I one of their faces I carved for Halloween one time. And like, I thought about it all the time. I fantasized about being Scully. I wanted to be an FBI agent. I prayed that Scully and Mulder would eventually get together because that was the ultimate, that would have been. So when the movie came out, the X-Files movie, I almost puked when I heard there was a movie coming out because I was so excited. And then I think the trailer for the X-Files movie, it showed Scully and Mulder kind of going in for a kiss. And then that was, and I was like, it's happening. <laughs> and I was so obsessed, so obsessed. It's funny because I do talk to the odd person that was also obsessed with the X-Files at one point. But I truly understand what it's like to have like this love on for some of these series that come out. People that are obsessed with probably the number one show that I hear about is not the Vikings, the other one. What's the other one? The popular one with like the medieval shit going on. Not Vikings, it's Game of Thrones. That's what it is. And uh, like I get it. I get the hype about it. You get into the characters and it's more about characters than anything, right? It's like the story can be great or it can be a little shitty, but if you like the characters, you're kind of sold. This is why I think like people get into podcasts like Bad Friends or other kind of, I guess not necessarily just Bad Friends, but there's other podcasts king and the sting where there's two people that interact with each other they're both characters right in this podcast so easy to kind of fall into because for me okay bad friends which comes out every monday this is when i normally film my podcast and as i'm getting ready i watch it their characters and their interaction with each other is priceless like you cannot recreate that you can't get that in a show where people are acting like it's just real interaction but it's funny because andrew santino i've seen him on rogan he's been on joe rogan a few times or maybe at least once and he is a totally different person than he is on bad friends because on bad friends he's bouncing off of bobby lee the whole time like they're he's going with skits he's kind of like and it's all improv you know they have different set things they talk about maybe but it's all like improvisation and they just work off of each other but Santino, when he's on Rogan, even his voice sounds different. Like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, because, you know, expecting my beloved Santino. But he was quite different and still great and awesome. But I just thought it's interesting. And, you know, what was my point? I don't know. Watch Bad Friends. <laughs> um, but yeah, The X-Files was my jam. And, you know, I have to say that it affected the way that I dressed. I definitely was like business chic in high school. Like I freaking would wear, I'd go to like Le Chateau and buy business pants and kind of more sophisticated clothes, like <laughs> my business style. And I think it's because I wasn't obsessed with these other shows. You know, I was obsessed with the X-Files and that's how I kind of dressed. I think that's where that came from. Because my sister made a comment one time about my style and how I was like, dressed ready for the office or something and uh, it was just really funny to think about I'm like I think that might be why because I you know I was watching the x-files as a kid and not like iCarly or something whatever it was on <laughs> oh my god I'm wearing this skirt it's so cute here I'll show you my outfit 
It's a little wrinkly. So this is Sugar Thrills, Sugar Thrills skirt and a Sugar Thrills top. But the skirt, it's like this tweed or something. And I'm like, why am I even doing this to myself? Because you can't even see my skirt. But now that you've seen it, you know, I'm wearing it. I'm sacrificing my comfort for you. So also recently I watched an interview between Joe Rogan and Quentin Tarantino. He's really a fascinating guy and I've always loved his movies and if it's a Tarantino I know I can, I'll like it. That goes the same for a lot of us like I think we're, we're sort of on the same page there and uh, I'm only about halfway through the podcast so I don't I probably could have more points about this podcast but I've not done it yet but um, he talks about how long he had planned to only create 10 films and once he created his created his 10th film he was going to retire apparently he's got one film to make left before he retires rogan and i were on the same page when he was like that is really upsetting to us <laughs> you know that we only have one more to look forward to and then tarantino was like you know i've been doing this for 30 years and i was like 30 years actually that's a long time to have been making film and and um he's ready to finish it up and he wants to basically go out with a bang and you know go have a legacy of just one of the greatest filmmakers of all time and you know what it's tough for those of us that love his movies and love him but it does make sense right where you kind of leave on top and your legacy is left because you know i not to say that his writing would get worse or his you know his movies would get worse over time but I think that he made a point about, you know, actors and producers and whatever people are called that make movies over time wind up kind of petering out and they're not relevant anymore. In Hollywood, I think this is true for like pretty much most things. You know, you want he made a comment about like, I want to go out like with when my mic drop is still like 30 pounds, like boom, you know, not floating down like a little feather. <laughs> you know, it makes sense. And to be honest, if he did make one more movie and that was it, that'd be... I think that'd be kind of a cool, cool thing. But on the other hand, sad because I love his films. But apparently he just had a baby like for, his wife did <laughs> 15 months ago, I guess. And, uh, you know, he's a dad now and that changes things, too. And I think that, you know, it's pretty good timing if he's able because the thing is, let's let's be real. He never has to work again a day in his life and the royalties he'll be collecting for the rest of his life from the movies he's made and whatever else he's done career wise. They'll sustain him and 15 generations after him. <laughs> but, you know, the fact that he's got a kid and he talks about that. I, I just watch, if you like Tarantino or you like his movies, watch the podcast. I think it'd be, it's cool to know more about the people behind the scenes, right? But I just thought that'd be, that was interesting. And um, when is the right time to stop doing what you're doing, right? Because the thing is, like, I, being a bit of a bikini model and doing what I'm doing I realize it's not something I could do forever but then I have people tell me like yeah you actually can because there is an audience for that <laughs> you know and not only that but like people watch you for your personality and it's not just a hot body right but at the same time I'm like there will come a point where you know I'll do like a little shift and I think my presence on the internet will be long-lived but it won't necessarily just be modeling swimwear and clothes and things like that but uh yeah, I mean, quitting while you're ahead, is that the saying? Like, stop while you're ahead? I think it could be true. In some cases, it would work out for a lot of people. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm going to take another step. You know when a movie comes out, it's a great movie, but then there's a sequel. It's like they want to kind of keep it going and it never works out ever, unless it's like based on a book series or something. Like Star Wars, too. Like the, the first three were amazing. And then, you know, like should have just left it at that. <laughs> but that's not true. I mean, some people are super diehard fans, Star Wars, and they would never say a bad thing about it and whatever. And it's all subjective. Like everybody has their different opinions about that kind of thing. But it's interesting to think about. Okay, so the last episode, I gave some dating advice and had some good feedback. In fact, I got a lot of emails from you guys that were like, because of your advice, I emailed you, <laughs> which is so sweet. And it's just a good thing to just step out of your comfort zone. And like, even just writing to me was some, some of you were just holding back doing that. So um, I just basically last episode spoke about having the guts to go and approach somebody that you might be interested in, right? And you never, like, you don't know unless you try. And there is a saying, do something every day that's scary you what if is that a saying or just like a quote somebody made one time whatever but it's so true and if it scares you to go talk to a girl then go talk to her just make yourself do it the only time you'd regret it 
as if her boyfriend came around the corner and punched you out, which is a possibility. So you just got to like read the room. <laughs> but I think that um, the worst that can happen is she'll be a little flattered and she'll, you know, she wouldn't make you feel bad about it. Like, oh, how dare you come talk to me? Don't you know who I am <laughs> or something? That's not going to happen. Maybe in some movie scene somewhere. But truth is, if you approach them with kindness and just being genuine and you're good. Even if she winds up being a bitch, it's a little lesson learned. But I feel like um, it's worse to not give it a shot, right? Especially if you're genuinely like, oh, attracted to this person that could be your future wife and your confidant in life. <laughs> um, but the dating advice that I have today is so once you get to that point where you're having a conversation with somebody that you're interested in, what do you talk about, right? Like, what do you do when you're talking to this person? And I'd like disclaimer, I'm not a dating advice person. <laughs> And I rarely give dating advice. I'm just speaking from what I would like, what I do like from my experience. I'm a Sagittarius. So whatever that means, um, Canadian. So I'm just nice by nature. And this is sort of what I would like. And like I said, I don't, I'm not speaking for anybody else. I wrote a few things down as to like when you're having a conversation with somebody. So you get past the point of like, hey, how are you? Like, what are you drinking? And or would you recommend it or whatever? Um, and then she's like opening up to you, right? She's having conversation and her legs have uncrossed. <laughs> I'm just joking. That's not a thing. I don't think that's a thing. I think that's <laughs> maybe she crossed her legs towards you. That's like a body language thing. And in fact, I would recommend maybe watching a quick YouTube video on body language and like what certain signs and symbols mean, right? Like touching the hair, crossing legs towards you, that kind of stuff. One thing you don't want to do, because this is what this drives me crazy, is when guys come up to me and they start a conversation, they, you know, not necessarily hit on me, right? But they just strike up conversation and then they start talking about all the things that they have, right? Oh, I was just, you know, I just bought a place down and whatever and um, my Ferrari doesn't fit in the garage. So I've got to like buy another place, you know, <laughs> things like this. That's something you don't want to do. I think that most girls want you to ask them questions, but not. Thunder. Have to stop the podcast maybe not <laughs> you'll probably hear it i'm so excited thunderstorms are my jam i love them so much that makes me so excited so like ask about her but don't make every question about her right talk about a little bit about how you can relate to that and talk about yourself too but not in a way that you're like oh i you know am this or i've got that just be conscious about what you're saying because the thing is if you do have a lot of things say you've got a great car a great house maybe a jet maybe a helicopter <laughs> You don't want to bring that up because what happens is like as a female, it kind of sets a red flag, not because we don't want those things, but because it's like, how do I say this? Is it because you don't have anything else to offer? You have things like, do you think that you can buy me? Do you think that that's going to impress me? Because I can't tell you how many times that people have talked to me and told me things that just weren't true. <laughs> what they did for a living or whatever, just to try to like suck you in somehow. And so that kind of like sets a bit of a red flag. So it is okay. Like if it's very relevant to where you are or your conversation, that's okay. But just to bring it up to try to like, like a little fishing lure, <laughs> like this is what you have. And then I'm the fish or something. <laughs> uh, another thing is to compliment her on something besides her looks. Okay. Not like you have beautiful eyes. Your hair is beautiful. Your tits look great. <laughs> something like the tone of her voice, how she seems bubbly and funny. And of course, on that note, if you're funny, you, you got it in the bag. Like girls love to laugh. If you can see your future with somebody that will make you laugh a lot, that is the key. Like that is, and if both ways, right? But some people, it's not true necessarily because some people like to be the comedian in the relationship and the other person just likes to laugh. I don't know if it's like runs both ways sometimes, but yeah, just thought I'd throw that in there. Yeah, I think it's always nice to offer to buy somebody a drink or a snack. At the end of the conversation, like how do you ask for a number or, you know, how do you say you want to see this person again, right? Like, hey, uh, I'm heading out. I'd love to continue this conversation. That's a really good way. So to be like, I'd love your number or like, here's my number. I'd love to continue the conversation, you know, over coffee. Never say like dinner initially because like that's sort of a, but who knows? I mean, I would be down for dinner no matter what. I am a dinner goer outer. <laughs> 
I love going out for dinner. I live for it. So I wouldn't say no to that. But, you know, like, let's continue the conversation over coffee if you're interested and I'm in town for a little while or, you know, things like that. <laughs> Do I know what I'm talking about? Uh, a little. But you know what I mean? It's like just if from me to you, I'm not trying to give you instructions. That's just sort of my dating advice. And I'll continue more. Um, if you guys are interested, let me know in the comments down below um, in more dating advice, like first date kind of stuff. Now it's time for a segment that I like to call Kitty Twisters. Okay, so I try to avoid like the chauvinistic type jokes. I don't like these jokes. Let me let me read one for you, for you. What is the difference between a G-spot and a golf ball? A guy will actually search for a golf ball. Those kind of jokes I think are bullshit. I don't like those jokes because it's like generalizing guys. And I know a lot of guys that look for G-spots, okay? <laughs> um, I know that makes me sound like such a hoe, but... <laughs> It's not true. Guys will actually look for a golf ball. That's so stupid. So I, I avoid those. I see I read lots of them. Some of them may be a little funny, actually, but I'm not here to disrespect nobody. <laughs> what does the sign of an out of business brothel say? Beat it. We're closed. <laughs> okay, these are sick jokes, by the way. And I think that you've probably learned if you've seen this podcast before that I only read sick jokes. <laughs> I only read six jokes. <laughs> What is the difference between a hooker and a drug dealer? A hooker can wash her crack and resell it. <laughs> Ew. What do the mafia and pussies have in common? One slip of the tongue and you're in deep shit. <laughs> what did the banana say to the vibrator? Why are you shaking? She's going to eat me. <laughs> Why does Dr. Pepper come in a bottle? Because his wife died. I don't get that one. Why does Dr. Pepper come in a bottle? Oh. <laughs> Ew. What is the best part about sex with 28-year-olds? They're... Never mind. I'm not finishing that one. I gotta read these before I read them out loud. What do you call a lesbian dinosaur? A lickolotopus. <laughs> what do a penis and a Rubik's Cube have in common? The more you play with it, the harder it gets. <laughs> so true. You know, like, there's a sequence for Rubik's Cubes that you, it's pretty easy to learn. It's just like a series of movements a sequence of movements it's eventually like it's not thought really that it's not trying to figure out where the colors go and like the thought and it's not <laughs> sorry it sounds so stupid but there's like a series of movements that you do and you could do it with your eyes closed that's how people do it it's like up to over to up to over to like that's sort of i think how it goes but I could be wrong. Anyway, just thought I'd throw that in there. A little bit of knowledge. <laughs> what does one saggy boob say to the other saggy boob? If we don't get some support, people will think we're nuts. <laughs> I read that too fast, but you heard me. What is long, hard, and full of semen? A submarine. Duh! What do you think I was talking about? <laughs> What's the difference between your wife and your job? After five years, your job will still suck. <laughs> This one did make me laugh out loud. <clears throat> What's the difference between anal and oral sex? Oral sex makes your day. Anal makes your whole week. <laughs> makes your whole week. Yep. <laughs> this one's good. What do women in a bar have in common? Liquor in the front, poker in the back. <laughs> That's funny to me. This is good too. What's the difference between a pickpocket and a peeping Tom? One snatches your watch, the other watches your snatch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think that's probably the one I'm going to leave it off on. That concludes Kitty Twisters. And if you have a memory like me, you won't remember any of them to retell to anybody. But if you happen to have a good memory, there's a few good ones in there. I cannot, for the life of me, remember a joke. It's like the way my mind works. I can remember somebody's face for 50 years before I could remember their name. I just mean I could recognize somebody. Oh, yeah, that's so-and-so. Like, I've seen them before. My memory, like, stops at pictures. <laughs> but when it comes to memorizing a joke, I really have to um, visualize the joke for me to remember it. And it sounds silly, but, excuse me, I just don't have that kind of memory. I just can't. Like I said before, if I had to play a role in a film when I'm the next Marvel superhero, maybe, uh, it's going to take me a lot of training to be able to memorize my lines. I want to know if you guys are gamblers. Do you gamble? Do you? 
<laughs> I don't know what other question I was going to ask. I have friends that love to gamble. I love going to the casino with them because I love to watch them play. They are into it. They're having a good time. They know what they're doing. And it's like sometimes they win. And to be honest, I want to say that more often than not, they win. So I don't know how that's even possible. But if I had $100 in my hand and I was at some Las Vegas casino, it'd be very hard for me to gamble it away. But I think part of that is because I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have like the confidence really to sit down at a blackjack table and be like give me some chips you know like let's do this I just the thought I could buy you know I could buy things with that hundred dollars you know what I mean I could buy groceries or something it's like throwing a whole cart of groceries over the bank you know and that's just doesn't make sense to me when I'm there with other people that are spending their own money it's a blast like because I'm not losing anything I'm just gaining things like gaining entertainment by watching these people like blow their cash but it's also like when you pay for an experience like you pay for an expensive flight somewhere or something you're paying to have a nice experience. I mean, you're paying to get from A to B, but you know what I mean? Like you're paying more for the experience and that's essentially the same kind of thing as gambling. Like you're having a fun time. Like would you rather spend $2,000 on a blackjack table playing all night or would you rather pay $2,000 to go, I think there's a place in Vegas where you can drive like heavy machinery. Like it's your fantasy as a kid and you're not a construction worker or something. So you have to pay to go have an experience and play with a backhoe all day. Or would you rather spend your money doing that or jumping out of an airplane? You know, like going paragliding or I mean, skydiving. (laughs) So I could see how it's a thrill. And like, of course, people get addicted and they lose their shirts, right? That's the sad part. But for me, I think it's not something for me, but I have had like my very first gambling experience was positive uh, and I did win money. I put in $10 and I won. I walked out with 60. (laughs) So uh, it's not like I've had a lot of experience with it, but that was my first experience. And I thought I actually walked away because I, (laughs) okay, I put money, I put $10 into a slot machine and you know how you can like push the buttons. I didn't want to push buttons. I wanted to pull the thing pull the thing which does the exact same thing and um right away i think i got like three sevens or something or like it was some sort of zigzag whatever and uh, i doubled my money so i was like i was at twenty dollars and i was like oh my god i should like take my money out right now and then um i thought okay well if i lose my money if i lose my ten dollars that my initial investment you know then it's not the end of the world and i think this is like how the cycle begins But anyway, I wanted to take the money out right away. But then I thought, no, you know what? 10 bucks, okay. It's not like I put in 100 and I doubled it. Then I would take it out for sure. But anyway, so I pushed it again and then I got, I can't remember what it was exactly, but it was some some sort of ridiculous like X with a line or something. And uh, and then I was at six, no, I was at, no, I was at $60. And then I was like, I'm going to cash out. So I pushed the cash out button, printed my little ticket and then took it and cashed it in. And it was literally like, I think, four minutes, <laughs> four minutes of fun. It was the quickest 60 or sorry, 50 bucks I ever made, you know, and I could see how like people are like, wow, I can make money doing this, you know, and it was so fun. That was that was it. <laughs> I have gambled other times and I have like played poker and blackjack and things like that just because people are like, come on, come on. And generally I'm like pretty clueless as to what's going on. And I know how to play poker. I played poker growing up, like with my, my mom taught me to play poker. And my mom actually used to be a poker or a blackjack dealer. Think about that. She knows her rules. So that's good. If ever I have like an issue with crib, if I play crib with my sister or something, I need to ask. We just text mom. <laughs> she lets us know. <laughs> I'm loving this cocktail. If you have your date over your place probably second third date you got to make this cocktail get some empress gin i'm pretty sure even though it's made in canada i'm pretty sure it's shipped worldwide (laughs) or at least in the states that's a doozy tastes good looks good kind of like me (laughs) just okay (laughs) oh wait what are we gonna call it i don't want to take credit really for this because it's kind of copying another drink but it's it is missing quite a few ingredients that the other one had let's call it so i've already created the cat's ass the enigma This can be called Sunset Strip because hopefully if your date drinks enough of them. (laughs) I do I need to finish? (laughs) Anyway, okay. Yeah, one thing I wanted to talk about too, which kind of is a tough one. So how many of you eat organic food? Like you don't buy the usual apples and oranges are probably not a good example, but carrots and just fruits, vegetables in general, organic food. I know some people that like dedicate their entire diet to organic foods. I think that's great. But what constitutes organic is what I want to know. There's so much like, you know, things that are found in foods or whatever organic foods that are that shouldn't be there. And I also think like the word organic foods could be like the name of a company. (laughs) You know, apple organics, 
you know what I mean? There's like certain, what's the, there's an example, sorry, I'm, I'm like getting off track here, but there's an example where McDonald's used to buy their meat from like triple A Angus beef is what they were said they were using or something. But the name of the company that they were buying from was called triple A Angus or something. And it was not at all what it was. It was just the name of the company. So I'm like, with these organic food companies, like what are the actual rules? It doesn't mean that they have to have at least six hours of sunlight a day and, you know, no pesticides. But then sometimes certain bug killers are not under the category of a pesticide. They're an herbicide or whatever. And then there's like new categories coming out all the time. So it's like they work their way around certain things, right? If I could buy organic foods... I shouldn't say if I could, I can buy organic foods. Living in a smaller town, we don't have as many options for organic foods. But then I'm like, what is the actual point? Because I've heard so many things about like companies that are organic and what constitutes something being organic. I don't know, like it's just a way to charge a lot more for something that probably is probably not organic. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like the farmer's market is organic. Go to the farmer's market and buy your carrots and your onions and that that came out of somebody's garden. Like that's organic. They're not spraying pesticides. It's not grown in a massive field where they have a mouse problem. And then they, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's kind of a interesting, but not interesting topic. Now it's time for a segment that I like to call cat facts. Okay, so this, these facts are coming from a website called theactivetimes.com. Are they true? I don't know. They're called facts and I'm going to read them to you and you can decide yourself. I have such a cool breeze coming in my window right now. That is another indication of thunderstorms. They're coming and I can't wait. This doesn't seem right. The human body contains enough fat to make seven bars of soap. I feel like I have more than seven bars of soap worth of fat on my booty alone. (laughs) But I don't know how much fat like they render it down, right? So I don't know exactly, but that's what it says. It's impossible to hum while holding your nose. Go ahead and try. Oh, proved you wrong. <laughs> that's so, so unattractive. I don't even know what I just did. Okay, so these next two are kind of related. Um, all humans have an automatic, dr- sorry, an automatic dive reflex. When your face is submerged in cold water, or when you hold your breath, your heart slows and your blood vessels narrow to conserve oxygen. Okay. Well, I know I've done, I've whitewater kayaked and in really cold water, when you hit that cold water, when cold water hits your face, and I mean like really cold water, glacier water, your first instinct is to go, (gasps) get a breath. That's when you run into trouble because it's really tough to fight that reflex. I didn't, I didn't do it, but I really wanted to. And I was under the water for a good little while before I was able to get back up. But that is so true. And it also happens. So I've talked about this before about skinny dipping. So I jumped into a lake where there was still like ice and snow starting to melt, but like there was a nice patch to jump in. Your body instantly goes into shock, basically, like not like a medical shock where you're like out of it, but your body right away, the reaction is to get air, right? Because immediately your body, everything constricts and oh my goodness, it's really tough. And then, then you're breathing like, a, like, that's it. That's how it is. <laughs> you really can't get enough air and it's really just an uncomfortable thing. I didn't really <laughs> realize the time how cold the water was, but I shortly learned that it was really cold. And that's when people like have heart attacks and things. If you have any heart conditions or anything like that, do not jump into freezing cold water. I know a friend of my mom's uh, knew somebody whose husband had a full-on heart attack and died because he jumped into cold water. So not highly recommended. If you've done it before or you just know you can handle it, give her because apparently it's supposed to be really good for your circulation. But that leads me to talk about my skinny dipping experiences and why I do it. So sometimes when you're out with friends or sometimes solo and you're hot... (laughs) (laughs) And you see a body of water that is clear and refreshing looking. It's really inconvenient to go for a swim with your clothes on because generally you're on your way somewhere. You're doing something. You're not necessarily at your destination. So the thought of going in wet and having to wear wet clothes for the rest of your hike or whatever the hell you're doing, it just doesn't make sense. I am a very liberal person. Tits out, ass out. That's just who I am. Basically, I don't find it offensive if one of my friends wants to get naked and go for a skinny dip. I don't expect that they find it offensive. The only time it's offensive is if you're with kind of a newer group of people and the girlfriends are like, 
who does she think she is? <laughs> Sorry, but I'm just want to go for a little swim here. I'm a human being. Let's all be human beings. Let's have some fun. That's me. <laughs> um, I would never do that with like my family around or whatever. And of course, there's some scenarios where you just can't make it happen. But generally, I can find a way to make it happen. And um, the only real issue is bugs. Like in the summertime here in the Rockies, we have freaking mosquitoes up the yin yang. We have noceums. And if you don't know what a noceum is, it's an actual name for a little bug that's so tiny that suddenly if you're looking at your hand and you feel a bit of pain, you can barely even see the little thing on there. They bite. And so there's no seams. There's flies that like fly at your eyeballs the whole day. The bugs that are the biggest issue for me, not other people, not the temperature of the water. It's the bugs. Because there's a point where you are getting into the water and out of the water. The only thing really saving you when you're getting out of the water is like the water droplets that are covering 20% of your body. <laughs> you have 20% protection and then getting dressed wet that's the worst if you've ever tried to put jeans on and your skin is damp that's a challenge that should be like a fear factor challenge <laughs> okay ladies you're gonna jump into that pool and then you're gonna try to put on your skinny jeans whoever can get them on first is the winner <laughs> Uh, it's actually so true. But skinny dipping is liberating, makes you feel one with the earth, very human, a little vulnerable, which is good for all of us sometimes. And um, But after you've done it, you feel like a million bucks. I promise you that. After you've done it, a successful skinny dip, it's great. So I highly recommend, I highly recommend it. But don't do it illegally. <laughs> if you live in a big city and there's a, like a little fountain, don't skinny dip there. That's not good. <laughs> So I have an idea and I've talked to my video editor about this and I th we're both on board. What I want to start doing is taking highlights of my try on videos on YouTube. So as you know, I am a bikini model, bikini connoisseur, expert, the bikini queen. <laughs> um, I want to start taking the try on part. So like of me just wearing the swimsuits, put a little 30 second video together and then post the videos on Instagram Reels, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter. I think Snapchat even has, I can post videos 30 seconds long there. Anyway, and then just have, put more content out there because I have a plethora of content, right? I know I don't post to Instagram as often as I should and these other platforms, but I'm doing everything on my own, right? So between Patreon and YouTube and all my other platforms that I have going on, um, it's just like a lot. So, but it would be super simple as long as I don't have to do the editing. If, if my editor can just put that together and then post more content. And then I thought I'd bring that up because I wrote that down. And I was just like trying to think of ways to kind of continue to expand and like keep up with the times, right? Because I'm not a huge TikToker. Like I don't do dances and things like that. And I know that's not what TikTok really even is anymore. But I could be taking the content that I already have and sharing it with more people. So it just makes sense to do that. And uh, to be honest, I need like a social media manager. I need somebody that I can send a folder to like on Google Drive and somebody who can post to all the platforms like I have the content it's just getting to the point where I'm writing everything down like all of my descriptions and hashtags for every if I don't have like a good hour to sit down and do it um, I won't do it <laughs> I'm so bad for that so if any of you know so I'm in Canada so preferably a Canadian but it doesn't even have to be because it's over the internet anyway somebody who can basically post all my social assets for you know either my podcast both my podcast and my YouTube content and um, just kind of grow it because right now everything's pretty much on the back burner besides my YouTube and Instagram accounts even I know like I said I need to post more on Instagram too which I'm going to start but somebody who can just basically do those things where I could send here's all the stuff do your thing right it's tough too because I have to give access to my accounts and that kind of thing so that is a little bit of the issue for me but as long as there's you know somebody who's legitimate obviously has like experience doing it I know that there are people out there like I can do it but what I need is somebody who ha has, has an actual business right that I can that can be held accountable for hiring an individual person is really just it doesn't work. I appreciate any of you who want to help me out, but it's got to be someone legit and uh, somebody that has time to do it. I don't even know how to search for that, like social media manager. I don't need like some big company. Anyway, I'm <laughs> just putting that out there. I just need somebody to take my stuff and put it out there on a consistent basis. <laughs>
That's what I ask. And do you guys ever find it hard to ask for help? I know there's a lot of people that find it hard to ask for help. I'm one of them. Like if I'm hosting a dinner party and I have people over, say there's like 15 people over and dinner's over and I have a bad habit of like turning down any help. So like cleaning up the dishes or whatever, I'm very much, oh, just relax. Don't worry about it. You know, even though I kind of need help, I don't want to ask for help because I want to just like be that bitch that just does everything. And then resents it later. I'm like, I'm just doing everything and people are partying. And then I'm like, oh, that's my fault, you know. But so many, in so many ways, I am like that. And I don't know what it is exactly because I know a lot of people that have no problem asking for help in an annoying kind of way too because I guess I'd be like I would never ask so and so to do that or I would never be like that. But then I'm like, I kind of wish I was like that. Because then the kitchen would be clean by now and, um, you know, that kind of thing. So also my agency that I'm with, even with them, even though like I'm paying them, like, why is it so hard for me just to like say things, just be like, hey, would you mind um, picking up the pace a little or (laughs) you know what I mean? Uh, It's just it's kind of is what it is. I know a lot of us have that issue where, you know, we don't ask for help when we need it. But that would be like a good New Year's resolution. I've heard some really stupid New Year's resolutions. In fact, I think New Year's resolutions are kind of dumb in general. But that would be a good one is to like force yourself to ask for help more often. And I think, you know, I guess in the same way that people would be afraid to approach somebody that they like asking somebody for help it's almost like as uncomfortable it's like just gotta get over it the worst thing that's gonna happen is they say no and that but that's a problem when you're at a dinner party (laughs) would you mind helping me just collect the glasses no okay i'll (laughs) oh i'm sure that's probably happened once again no time for erotic story time i think i might um consider replacing that segment with some other things i don't know yet (laughs) this podcast is ever-changing and um i throw that out there (laughs) All right, everybody, that concludes episode 13. It wasn't such a bad luck after all. It was successful, and um, I hope that you enjoyed it. Of course, it would really help me out if you subscribe to my channel. I would love it if you did. It would really fill my heart full of joy and love. and like this video if you enjoyed it those of you that are listening to this podcast i have a video version on youtube and um, i highly recommend watching it listen to it too but watching it is just more fills the experience i make cocktails as you probably heard and (laughs) i talk about a lot of stuff that i'm you know is visual right show little examples and blah 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 so highly recommend subscribing to my youtube channel of course this podcast is also on spotify apple podcast i think google podcast and a bunch more uh, so you can find me in audio version as well i also have a patreon that starts at five dollars a month and an only fans that is five dollars a month so don't miss those those will be down in the description box as well I will also uh, link, not link, I will put the recipe for my sunset strip cocktail down below and uh, let me know if you make it and let me know, uh, even if you just buy some Empress Gin and have some fun with it, let me know your thoughts on that too, because uh, it's pretty good stuff. Well, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. If you made it to the end of this podcast, I really, really appreciate it. Uh, Feel free to email me at kittylickerpodcast at gmail.com. That'll be linked down below as well. And if you have any comments, questions, let me know. And remember, do something every day that scares you besides really stupid, dangerous shit. (laughs) All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I'll see you all in my next video or podcast. Bye.